What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Our websites are clark.com and clarkdeals.com. So this is a mess. New report about the IRS reported on by the Motley Fool that the IRS still has over a million tax returns that for various reasons could not be filed electronically and had to be filed by paper that they still haven't even gotten to open yet. People that were due refunds are waiting for those refunds. And you may remember we had the problem that we talked about on our show uh, back in late summer where people were getting notices for non-payment of tax bills with penalties and interest, and the letters are very... Um, for a computer-generated letter, pretty unfriendly. And the IRS finally stopped sending out those notices because the problem was at that point just general mail. They had somewhere around 12 million pieces of mail they had not opened. The IRS is dealing with a massive shortage of employees. And then on top of it has this second problem of so many workers working remotely, there's been no one to open mail. The Motley Fool estimates there's still 3 million letters that have been sent to the IRS in addition to tax returns that has not been opened. So if you had an issue with the IRS where you were sending them money and you sent them money and they never have acknowledged receipt. The check you sent has never cleared. This is what's going on. And so when you send money to the IRS, I'm going to recommend until this backlog is worked off before the um, chaos that exists right now in the IRS, before it's over, I'm going to recommend that you spend a little extra money when you send an item to the IRS, you can send it in a way known as certificate of mailing. I don't need you to send certified mail or anything like that. But if you send certificate of mailing, it is an item of proof stamped by the post office that you have actually sent a communication to the IRS. And it doesn't matter that they have not opened it. It will at least be an item of proof that you did the part you were supposed to do and sent that to the IRS. The other thing you can do is that if you have a need to pay, not a desire, but a need to pay the IRS some money, you can set up an electronic account with the IRS where you have an electronic account where you pay them much like you'd pay an electronic bill pay. You do that same thing with the IRS, and then there's no issue that you didn't pay on time, that the IRS thinks that you are now a tax deadbeat, you electronically have paid, 
And not only is there proof, well, I guess on the bad part, they would have your money immediately and you wouldn't have your money anymore. I guess the one advantage to them not opening all these envelopes is you still have your money for an extended period of time. It's time for your questions for me. And if you posted a question for me at clark.com slash ask, uh, producers Kim and Joel alternate asking your questions here on the show. And Kim, what you got? Starting with Mark today from Virginia. Mark says, lately I've been getting many calls and texts about buying my house. They're asking about my exact address. Any idea why this is happening right now? The real estate market is really hot. And there are a lot of people who've been to Dare to Be Rich seminars, either in person or online seminars, talking about how if you reach directly out to people who perhaps don't even have their home on the market, that's specifically, I shouldn't say perhaps, that's who you're trying to reach, that you may be able to offer them a quick, easy sale of their home. And by them not checking what fair market value is, you may be able to buy their home at a really good price where you have a spread in place where you could then do the fix-up and dress-up of the home that maybe needs to be done, and then you flip it, putting it right back on the market. Uh, you know, I think about how many questions I've had from people wanting to know if flipping houses is a real business opportunity, and it was during the real estate bus today, is much harder, much more difficult. And just as you have received these solicitations, I received many of these from people wanting to know if I'm considering selling my home. And it's all about getting this spread, the ability to buy at a really good price, mark it up after you bought it, and sell it and make some money in short order. Joel? Clark Daniel in Georgia says, what are your thoughts on saving HSA eligible receipts for years or even decades in order to reimburse yourself in retirement or even as a source of emergency funds? It seems that the IRS has no time limit on reimbursement, but I'm wondering, could this backfire on me down the road? Well, it's it's an idea that first came to me from a listener about doing just what you're saying. And you're right that under current regulations, this is a very smart strategy. If you have the cash flow to float your medical costs out of your own wallet separate from the money in your HSA, you let your HSA continue to grow tax-free and be spent from tax-free way down the road. And this is a strategy that works beautifully for people who keep really solid records and would do just what you say way down the road, uh, dump the receipts. It's possible at some point future regulations would be issued or a future Congress would pass a law that limits the time window for reimbursement. I assume if that ever happened that there would be a window where you would be able to go ahead and dump those receipts before new rules or regulations would go into effect. Kim? Deb in California wants to know, she says, I have a freeze on my credit and I'm wondering if it's still necessary to continue to check my credit report every few months. Necessary. Um, That's an interesting question. So here's why I would continue to do it. And I do. The credit bureaus have made the process of thawing your credit file a lot easier. 
It used to require a secret code, and the idea was you had a unique code with each bureau. Now the credit bureaus just take you through a short series of challenge questions. I had to uh, thaw my credit report recently for a telecommunications transaction, and they couldn't tell me which bureau, so I had to thaw all three. I was able to thaw all three without a, a pen code and got all three done in under five minutes. It was amazingly easy and very quick. And what worried me was there was nothing in the process with any of the three that made me feel like somebody who knew a lot of information about me wouldn't also be able to go in there and thaw my credit. So you may not know somebody's done that, and that's why it's really a good idea to check what's on your credit report, even when you have a credit freeze in place. Joel? Clark Kirby in Texas says, I'm finally in a position to pay cash for a new car. But Love I have a it. friend. Yeah, that's great, right? He says, but I have a friend who recently did that. And shortly after, uh, another driver crashed into her and totaled her $50,000 car. Oh. So she lost thousands since the insurance company only paid her used car prices. Financing and gap insurance would have covered that. So what can I do still paying cash to avoid that uh, that risk? Okay, so first of all, financing does not avoid it. Only if you were to buy what you said, gap insurance. What happens a lot of time, if and the the most important thing is that somebody's not hurt in a totaled accident. But let's say you have a vehicle you just bought and you did it with a loan instead of paying cash like you are. And the you've had the vehicle just a few months. The insurance company is going to depreciate that probably far below what your remaining loan balance is if you just took out a loan. And you lose that money unless you buy the incredibly expensive gap insurance, which covers that gap. As an individual buyer paying cash, know this, the odds that you would have a circumstance like your friend are so exceedingly low, and it's so worthwhile for you to pay cash, not take out a loan. If you take out a loan, uh, the gap insurance is an additional expense that you'll be really happy you paid if the circumstance happened. But again, the circumstance is very infrequent. I think you know that odd circumstances can happen in life, but don't take the lesson from what happened to your friend that it should keep you from proceeding just like you were intending to, to pay cash and know that the odds that anything like that would happen to you are so exceedingly slow, small. Just think, when's the last time you were in a major accident? For many of us, we've never been in a major accident that would total a vehicle. Kim? Anna in Florida says, I just want to say how much joy it was to be able to donate to Clark's Christmas Kids. I was in foster care as a child, and my Christmas gifts were from a program for children whose parents were incarcerated. Clark's Christmas Kids gave me a way to give to a cause that is very near and dear to my heart. Were it not for programs like yours, I would not have had very many happy Christmases growing up. Thank you. That is, that is such a sweet post and so timely. Um, we have just completed our 30th year of Clark's Christmas Kids, where we see to it that uh, thousands upon thousands, this year nearly 9,000 
children in foster care receive gifts Christmas morning. Generally, children in foster care, the state may have provided a safe uh, group home for them or an individual foster placement. But as a general rule, the kids don't get Christmas gifts. And so that's why for 30 years we've done Clark's Christmas Kids. So we've taken care of all of this year's kids, but if you'd like to help us with a down payment towards next year, you can donate money at ClarksChristmasKids.com, and we will see that it puts a smile on the face of a foster child next year. And thank you for taking the time to post that. Joel? Clark Deborah in California says, we have a credit card that we don't use. The bank is going to cancel it in 15 days unless we use it. If we let that happen, does it affect our credit score? By the way, we're in our 70s and aren't really interested in borrowing money. Thanks. So just do a simple transaction. Do a charge somewhere. Uh, can be very small for lunch or something. Just charge something to it. You go buy gasoline, charge it to it. Keep that card active and available in your mix because, yes, that account being closed can affect your credit score in a major way and a minor way. The major way accounts for roughly 30% of what makes up your credit score. Keith is with us on the Clark Howard Show. And Keith, you have a short-term pain, long-term gain story to run by me. Yes, I do. Thanks for uh, taking my call, Clark. So my uh, fiance is, has um, a, a great opportunity at work where she's being upskilled to um, um, some like a software engineering role. But in, in order to do that, she'll be taking nine months. They're, they're basically calling it a leave of absence from work where they're going to be training her. They'll be giving her a stipend, but it, it seems like she'll be like a 1099 employee, lose health health insurance. And I was just wondering, um, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, probably would want to um, get legally married a little bit sooner um, to get her on, on my health insurance. Um, and then thinking through like retirement savings and things like that, I want to make sure that I'm not missing anything as far as what we should do over the next nine months to a year. Well, absolutely. If this is going to lead to better job security and much better income nine months to a year down the road, this is worth it, worth it, worth it. And so a lot of people do just what you're thinking of doing where they will go ahead and get married where you've just been like, well, maybe we should, maybe we shouldn't. Go ahead and do it for the the ability for you to add your fiance onto your health plan. How much will it cost you to add her? You know, I'm not sure, but it it, it would it would have to be significantly cheaper than than her going on Cobra. I don't know. I mean, you know, it depends on the health plan, and that's why. You need to talk with, uh, if you have an HR department where you work or whatever they call it where you work, find out what it costs for, um, you know, to add a spouse per month, and you'll see whether it is substantially cheaper than COBRA. And uh, this, the other alternative is if she has time to work part-time somewhere where they give part-timers health benefits. Oh, which is a potential alternative because it would bring in a little extra income and would get her the health benefits. And then for retirement, we do have quite a bit saved up. Should we should we then be 
putting money toward like a Roth IRA during this time or, you know, because her income will be dropping significantly um, during this time. But I don't I don't foresee us to be super strapped. Um, so if you're time. if you do get married, then uh, without W-2 income, she'd still be able to do uh, spousal Roth. If you are unmarried, then she won't have that option. Got but, it. But if you do decide to get married for the health benefit thing or just because you really love each mm-hmm. other, you're like, let's go ahead and do it, and you get married, then it opens up both possibilities, the health coverage for her and the ability for her to do the spousal Roth. And this is really exciting. That I know it's tough in the short term. A lot of people wouldn't be able to do this where their income would be chopped almost nothing, but the after effect a year down the road is a really secure job with great money. The fact that the two of you are in a position to do that is great. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard show where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you have. So are you tired of being cooped up with cold weather? I hate cold weather. I hate it. You know, Skiing is the only reason that cold weather should exist. Skiing is the only reason snow should exist. But if you're not skiing, cold is just cold with no fun. So I'm so intrigued by what Hawaii is doing for the roughly a third of American workers who are able to work remotely. Hawaii is dangling out a special promotion where they will pay for your round-trip ticket to Hawaii from the mainland under certain conditions. And so the scoop is they'll pay for you if you fly on a couple of airlines, Hawaiian Airlines or Alaska, and you have to stay a month or more on the island of Oahu. That's where Honolulu is. And so they buy your ticket. But in order to qualify, you have to also volunteer some time with local nonprofits because the Hawaiian economy has been devastated by the massive drop in tourists because of coronavirus restrictions that Hawaii has put in place. This is a pilot program, and you only have till the 15th of December to apply for this program. And they also offer you special deals on lodging if you do this deal. So I I just love this. Don't know uh, how what your chances are of getting in on it, I would love to go. I ran it by my wife, and she was like, yeah, that's nice. Uh, We're not doing that. But anyway, if it fits your life, go for it. Now, a couple other things going on on the coronavirus front is Delta is going to be the first airline in the U.S. that's going to work with the CDC to do tracing of people who 
might end up having coronavirus. So they are hoping that they will be able to, if you end up near an infected person, to be able to contact people rather quickly. And they're going to start this just with people who are traveling um, internationally and notify people. And if it works well, this voluntary program might expand beyond that. But I think this is the kind of thing that's just common sense that we've not been doing with coronavirus. I mean, the Asian countries that have had virtually no infections and almost no deaths have been able to do so through testing, tracing, and isolating those who test positive. And so uh, Taiwan went seven months without a coronavirus death. I mean, can you imagine when you think about what we're going through in the United States? And unfortunately, we've never implemented the public health protocol of proper and organized testing, tracing, and isolating. So it's good to see that, that uh, it's late in the game, but that Delta is doing this tentative experiment. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention to you, there's been a number of travel deals posted for various dates in 21. And people have been asking me, how good an idea do I think it is to book those? And I've talked about not doing that because of the risk to your money. Well, now in a, I'm just total change. Trip insurance providers who stiffed everybody who had a coronavirus cancellation earlier this year now realize they can't sell another trip policy if it doesn't include coronavirus coverage. So one by one, more and more of the trip insurance sellers are including coverage for coronavirus. But before you buy one of those, don't look on where the brochure tells you now covering coronavirus. Read the terms, conditions, and limitations to see if it really would be helpful to you if you were to book a trip way far in advance. I'm thinking particularly especially with people who are chomping at the bit to book cruises in 21 where you lose all your money if you don't go that you want to make sure that the trip insurance policy that supposedly covers coronavirus would cover the circumstances that might cause you not to be able to go on that cruise. It's time for your questions. You posted for me at clark.com slash ask. Producer Kim and Joel alternate, and I think it's Joel's turn. You are wrong. I'm it's wrong my again. Turn. I have that's a fifty-fifty chance, that's right. and I'm wrong more than fifty percent. Oh, of the I don't time. think that's true at all. But this one is from Adam in Pennsylvania. Adam says, "I'm looking to start my own business, and I tend to think long term with things like this. And I'm not sure if I should be with this or not. I have that entrepreneur mindset, and really, the only thing that scares me about pursuing this is the healthcare aspect." If my business was to take off and become my main source of income, where would be the best place to find health care insurance, medical, dental, and vision for me and my family? Wonderful question. And it's one of the things that's held back entrepreneurship in the United States is the question of being able to afford health care. You know, now that with real health care policies, real health insurance, pre-existing conditions are covered and common illnesses are covered. It's not a question of what 
entrepreneurs used to face, which was if you had a pre-existing, you couldn't get health coverage and go start that business you want to start. Now the question is more, can you afford it? Because the reality is buying family coverage, if you don't qualify for an income-based subsidy, is a fortune. I mean, we're talking about very commonly for family coverage, 20 grand a year is kind of where you end up. And that is a massive expense for real coverage. You can buy alternative coverages that do not include generally pre-existing conditions and have strict limitations on what they will pay for that you can buy uh, as considered to be temporary non-compliant policies. You also can go into a religious co-op that provides not health insurance, but some level of medical expense reimbursement that they set the rules for and what they will pay. These are risk pools that are also not like real insurance, but would be far more affordable premiums. So basically, you got two ways to buy uh, coverages with affordable premiums, but not necessarily solid coverage. And then the other, where you buy really solid coverage, but pay very high premiums. Joel? Clark, Lisa in Georgia says, I owe $30,000 on my home loan right now at 3.75%, but my lender will not discuss refinancing because of the low amount that I owe. Does that sound right to you? Yes. Uh, well, right. Uh, <laughs> uh, does it sound correct? Let's call it that. Lenders generally don't want to issue a mortgage for less than about $120,000 because the costs of originating that loan are almost identical regardless of the loan balance. At $30,000 and at a rate as low as you have, you're in great shape. You don't want to spend the money to refi or anything like that. And uh, your interest rate already, although it's not at the historical lows we're at now, is so good at three, would you say 3.75? 3.75. Just pay out the loan as agreed, or if you want to, you can make additional principal payments to pay off that loan early. But the rate's so low, be more important for you with any excess money to fully fund a Roth IRA if you're not doing so now. Kim? Carrie in California says, I'm recently out of debt and I'm looking to get my finances in good order for the future. As a single person, it seems wise to get long-term disability insurance. This insurance is not offered through my work and it looks like I may need to go through an insurance broker. I haven't been able to find reviews online specific to long-term disability policies and I want to make sure that I choose an insurance company that really works with me if needed. I would love your advice on finding and purchasing a policy or choosing an insurance broker if that's indeed a better route. So, Carrie, I'm so excited that you are looking at long-term disability insurance. You know, your chances in your core working years that you would become disabled and not be able to work are three times greater than the chances that you might die during your key working years. But almost nobody buys disability insurance on their own. You have already done the right research. So yes, you do want to go through an insurance broker. And it's hard to know whether that broker is doing a great job for you or not. It's just, it's because it's a one-off, it's a one-time thing. 
you're going to have to go with your best sense of instinct and trust with that individual. But whatever insurer they're recommending to you, they need to be rated at least A by AM Best, maybe A+. Don't go with a company that does not have at least that level of financial strength when you're buying a long-term disability policy. Oh, one other thing with long-term disability. You want to make sure they don't have language in the policy that says that your qualification for payments under it are based on whether you would qualify for disability coverage under the uh, Social Security program. The reason that is harmful to you is qualifying under the Social Security disability system is extremely difficult and time-consuming. You want to have their own measures as an insurance company of when you qualify for payment under disability coverage. Joel? Clark Stephen in Utah says, I know you've said to be careful with employee stock purchase programs. My company offers us an ESPP every six months, and we pay 15% below uh, the, uh, the lowest cost period, opening or closing price. It's also fully vested instantly. Can you see a downside to participating in this? Oh, no, no. I love uh, employee stock purchase plans. I have had the privilege in the past of being able to participate and these, some have worked out great, others not so much. The thing that I've said about them is you want to make sure that you're not putting too many eggs in that one basket. You also want to be saving money independently of that through a 401k or whatever other instrument that is not invested in the fate of the company. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Chris is with us on the Clark Howard Show, and Chris... You have been teaching forever. <laughs> yeah, some days it seems like it. How long have you been in the classroom? Uh, this is my 39th year, and I'm trying to get to 40. Wow. Well, <laughs> how can I be of help to you since you've helped so many kids for 39 years? Yeah, it's been a good run. I've enjoyed it. Uh, I'm a retire-rehire. I retired in 2015 and was rehired. And I was looking uh, for somewhere to put my severance. And I looked on the OEANEA website, and they uh, gave me the name of an advisor that I used. And oh he boy, I don't like where this is going. I don't like where I'm this sorry? is going at all. I can predict the future because... If you got a recommendation from the NEA, the National Education Association, they probably put yeah. you with some really horrifically expensive commission salesperson 
recommending you in some kind of terribly expensive insurance product. Yeah, a 10-year fixed annuity. Oh. I uh, listened to your show now, oh. and I uh, followed your advice, contacted them. They said the surrender charge is 7%, oh. and the fees are 3.25%. You're killing me. 3.25%. So yes. if you had gone to, like, um, uh, Vanguard, Fidelity, whatever, the money you would have taken and invested would have had an expense one one-hundredth of that. Wow. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And I'm so aggravated with teachers' unions that are taking kickbacks to put people in garbage who were the people who are paying them dues, and then they sell you down the river like this. I just hate it. Yeah. So, well. Uh, oh. All right, let me tell you what I want you to do. I want okay. you to contact a group called 403BWISE, 403BWISE.org. Okay, I already joined that. Okay, so they're advocates for teachers, people who work at nonprofits, people who work in hospital systems where they get ripped off in retirement plans, and they will be able to give you some guidance on if there's any smart exit strategy from you being ripped off by this union recommendation um okay as far as the horrendous surrender charge is part of the money you put in uh five years ago is any of it out of surrender yet uh no the surrender charge was over four thousand dollars and every dollar you put in is still a hundred percent under surrender charge uh, I'm not adding anything to it. I just put my No, no, I mean the money you already put in. You're stuck with surrender charge. Five years in, not a penny of it is available to you yet without surrender? Correct. You know something? If this is the NEA's fault, shame, shame, shame on them because this is unacceptable, hideous, ridiculous behavior to be taking kickbacks to rip off their own members. So, uh, gosh, I would talk to the 403B wise people and see how they've recommended to people to handle it. But with an expense ratio of 3 point, you said 3.5%? Uh, 3.25. 3.25. That's so huge, it's possible that paying the... Uh, just extortionate surrender charge may be a worthwhile decision. That's where I hope 403B Wise can give you some guidance because they deal with these nightmare scenarios every day. And they're devoted to keeping teachers from having their retirement money trashed like this. When, Regardless, when the 10 years are up, these people need to be completely out of your life. And I want to thank you again, Chris, for being in these children's lives for these 40 years. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. 
Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.